Yo, it's Trav once again, along with Bias, and you already know what it is. The Sports Bag Bros Podcast is back on the set, coming off of a long weekend of sports, and we're going to get down to it. This is episode 12. The Dirty Dozen of the Sports Sports Bag Bros Podcast is on the set right now, on the scene, and we're just going to go down a litany of sports that had gone on this past weekend. As you know, last week- A lot of action over the weekend. uh, Huh? A lot of action over the weekend. A whole lot of action over the weekend. And even before the weekend started, as we kind of predicted (laughs) on Thursday, which is our Friday, the John Morant suspension would drop. And we would talk about that. We claimed it would drop on Friday because they tried to hide that news. Hope it was a little bit diluted by other sports news. And in the way it was, but we're going to bring it back up because that's what we do. We bring stuff up. So we're going to do that on here today. So as you know, our tribe, he's biased. The sports Bag Bros Podcast, episode 12. If you want to find us, you see us right now on YouTube. You know what to do there. You can give us the thumbs up, but more importantly, you could like this channel. It helps get the algorithm out there so we can have the conversation of sports with you. We have it amongst each other, but we want to have it with you in the masses, and we will go live with it automatically one day. We're also on Spotify. If you want to upload, download, or just click on Spotify to listen to this on a long run. Short run workout. That's what we're going to be doing. We're on Spotify. We're now on Apple Podcasts. We're now on iHeart. Bro, we get it done right now. Even Google Podcasts. And if you don't get enough there, you can go to Facebook. That's where we are right now. And our Facebook group. Uh, what else? Well, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Bro, we're everywhere right now. So we want to have the conversation of sports with you. Let's get into it. No fluff, no nothing. Bias. A long weekend. You can start us off with whatever you want to start us off with. You won't be wrong in either way. <laughs> well, you know, Ja happened first, so let's start with Ja. You know, I, I've, as you know how I feel about Adam Silver, he <laughs> fails in comparison to David Stern when it comes to handing out appropriate suspensions slash punishment, in my opinion. I think where he went wrong and it affected his decision with John Morant was with Miles Bridges. When he only gave him 30 games of suspension for domestic violence, he couldn't give Ja more than 30 games because then they would look out of whack, right? You know, what are we doing here? We got physical violence, 30 games, and this guy over here didn't hurt anybody, you give him more games. So he kind of, without knowing it, put himself in the box. So I think he gave him as much as he could, because it doesn't make sense to make it 26, 27, 28, or 29, you know, 25 sounds right. So, but I think he got off soft again. You know, the first suspension was only eight, and a lot of people thought he was going to drop the hammer. You know, you hear talk about indefinite suspension, or maybe a season, 40 games. Well, he didn't even get that. But like I said, I, I think I understand why, because you can't give him 40 games and give someone who – committed domestic abuse less than that so but a repeat offender i think that's the deciding factor right there a repeat offender not too long after the first offense with a deadly weapon and we know the nba and i think adam silver knows for sure as well what david stern had to deal with with a lot of the things that were happening in the nba when that was going on it seems that the nba has been on its best behavior over the past several years but we see how it can go back to what it once was And in society today, and as sensitive as people are today with weapons and so forth and shootings and all that, 
I think it adds and compounds the issue even more to where he probably could have gotten away with even more teeth on this suspension right here, a more a bigger punishment, which I think he should have gotten. Now the Players Association, of course, on the side of the players, they're talking about how excessive this is. They better be glad it wasn't a half a season or the entire season. But in my opinion, I think they're just trying to save face because they're supposed to be on the player's side. I think they know this is good for them because it could have been a lot worse, but they got to save face, make sure they stand by the player's side by saying, oh, this is excessive. Man, be glad he's still playing this year at all. <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, they, they have a job to do to represent the players and to stand up for them. So, you know, coming out saying they don't agree, they think it's excessive, as you mentioned, you know, I think that's probably par for the course. But my thing I want to speak to is John Morant, you know, he immediately re released another statement saying how he's sorry and this and that. It's time just to show and prove, man. Put that sorry up your ass and do what you need to do. We don't want to hear words no more, man. You know, um, it, it's, it's, I'm just tired of the BS, man. Is it? Just deal yeah. with it. And that's true. Be a man. Deal with it because we already saw where your first apology led. We've seen all of these other apologies that weren't contrite. And then you see the same thing all over again. He's just saying the same thing. I think he's best not saying anything, staying quiet, showing and proving, and hoping there isn't a third part of this puzzle to make things even worse. I'm hoping he's smart enough to know that because we hope that he was smart enough not to have a sequel to the first. You know, the right. trilogy, we don't need to see that. We hope we don't see it because he's such a talented young guy. And besides the talented young guy, you know, thing, we don't want him to have any serious troubles because we know where this kind of lifestyle can lead. We've seen these kinds of things in sports and even society, whereas, you know, because he hasn't had just issues in the NBA with a gun. He's had issues with other people without a gun, you know, slapping up the 17-year-old kid, you know, getting called out by the 17-year-old kid that might have been even a threat against his life because of it. A lot of issues. Man, I just hope that things end properly for him, meaning being in the NBA, having a great life, not being that big of a pain in the butt off of the court, and living happily ever after as an NBA player can do. Right. I mean, hopefully years from now, you know, people look back, hey, you remember when Ja was in all that trouble when he was a youngster? Look how he turned around. You know, that, that would be great to say one day. And hopefully, you know, that's the course his, uh, his career and his life takes, you know, because he does have a lot to lose, and he's losing some of it already. Yeah, so he better get his, his act together and, you know, handle business. Yeah, 25 games without pay. That's a lot of money regardless of how you look at it, especially with the astronomical numbers that NBA players get paid right now. Hopefully, Ja sees the light. He's still young. I mean, you don't want to use young and dumb as an excuse. He's an adult. He's been in the league for some time now. He should know better. Common sense should know better, but let's move on from there. John, we hope that you do better. We hope that you know better. And I hope your father and mom also help you know better, even though that should have been done a little earlier. So moving yeah. on in the NBA. I, a lot I mean, if, I, if I'm in a circle, though, you know, I tell, I tell the homies, hey, man, we're not going to IG Live no more. All right? Yeah. John, put your, put your gun in the, in the glove compartment. We're not doing this, man. You know, somebody got to be the adult. Yeah, but he's supposed to be the adult because he is the adult. He's the meal ticket. Someone in that entourage needs to let him know. But you know what? When you get to an entourage like that and there's money like that going around, you know, you're supposed to keep that cash cow happy. Part of keeping him happy isn't telling him what he wants to know sometimes. You don't want to get kicked out of it. 
And, and yeah. that can happen. Hopefully because of all the light that's coming to this, making him feel bad, making him feel uncomfortable, he's able to accept those things mm. from even the people that might, you know, around his circle who made it say, yo, job, this isn't the right thing. He'll actually give it some consideration rather than blowing right through it because they're just a yes man. So once again, hopefully Josh sees the light and we can just watch basketball, watch his career, and he can get to that point of being probably the next AI, which I thought he might have been. And so far, playing-wise, getting close, but AI had the same problem, but AI came from that environment. And we saw it before our eyes, and he tried to get it together. This guy has no reason to be where he is outside of the court, but all he's the reason to go with dumb going. stuff, trying to have fun. You know, there's so many other ways to have fun. You know, I have to pull out a gun, wave it around. Easily, he's exactly. You can still, you know, do hand signals to the to the telephone. The gun was unnecessary. Whatever. <laughs> What's up with these hand signals? Everybody wants to be a gang member who isn't a gang member. I mean, even no, I didn't say gang or... signs. I didn't say gang signs, oh, man. Oh, no. Oh, 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 I think you said gang signs. Like, oh, no, I said I, if he wants to throw a peace sign, you know, something. <laughs> even if he wants to give the finger. Come yeah, on, do that. man. Yeah. Less problem with that. Right. Hey, no I'm not saying gang, gang signs. I don't advocate <laughs> don't gang signs. Uh. Bro, come on now. Hey, you know what? The NBA goes on as the world turns in the NBA. Job, get your get it together, man. We don't have to even go there. You know that already. So that leads us to more news in the NBA because you know it's been hot over the weekend. And of course, it's been hot and heavy with the Bradley Beal trade going from the Wizards and probably likely, most likely, all the way to Phoenix and a three-man trade to the Phoenix Suns, which on the surface makes them formidable, formidable, formidable on, you know, in the West or in the NBA period. The Denver Nuggets, the defending champs are still there. They already, they already have the cohesion on paper, and we've seen the on-paper thing before, especially when it comes down to Kevin Durant when he was in, uh, in Brooklyn. But this looks like it could be real if it goes through everything, kind of go to the corner of the plan, which some things don't. But, yeah, uh, a real <laughs> team here in Phoenix with Bradley Beal. Yeah, that's a big move. You know, you look at it and you think, wow, the Wizards got screwed in this deal. But it was obviously the contract that they were getting rid of and not so yeah. much Bradley himself. So they freed themselves of his contract, and now the Phoenix has it. And, you know, now they have him with the no-trade clause. And let's see what happens there. But you're talking about three shooters, three lights out shooters. Yeah. Bill Booker and KD. Yep. You know, their their problem wasn't offense. Their problem was defense. Defense. Yeah. Right now, you know, they're looking at those three I mentioned in Aiton, and they have to still build the rest of their roster. How much money are they going to have? You know, the NBA uh, bargaining agreement is going to be kicking in, and they're going to be limited financially. Or if they go for it all out, then they're going to pay taxes excessive. Exactly. So we'll, we'll, we have to wait and see, you know, how it shakes out. But that, those are three lights out shooters, man. So we have the new owner of the Phoenix Suns who just bought the team, Matt Ishbia, who used to play for Michigan State, won a national championship back in 2000. The whole story, I think people know about that. You know, when you get these multi-billionaires and he bought the team for $4 billion, $4 billion is what he bought the Phoenix Sun for. You know what? Sometimes these teams or these coaches or these, these owners, you know, the, the luxury tax is probably something they're willing to eat if they want to eat win right now. You know what I mean? They don't have to do it over the course of several years. Maybe just for this year, they're willing to eat the excessive luxury tax. You know, the Yankees do it all the time. The Yankees has, along with the Dallas Cowboys, 
one of the most uh, one of the uh, the most valuable teams in all of sports on the planet. But as far as operating costs, the Dallas Cowboys are number one. The Yankees are probably not even in the top ten because of the way they spend and the way they're willing to eat uh, luxury tax money to win, and they haven't won in a while. So yeah, um, I think Phoenix. Uh, if Matt Ishbia wants to go the same route, they can win right now. But once again, they're just, with this deal in place, I believe there's $6 million under the salary cap. $6 million isn't going to get you a lot in terms of filling out the roster. Yeah, now when you've got to sign, what, like seven more guys or, yeah. or guys, however many it is. You know, but <clears throat> there'll, there'll be some guys who might be ring chasing, still have a couple years left, willing to sign, you know, uh, a, Oh, what's it called? Hometown deal type contract. Yeah. So you know they'll they'll be able to get some people in there, but who's going to run a show? Is Booker going to play point guard now? Um, but like I mentioned, their problem wasn't offense. Their problem no. was defense, and Bill doesn't help them in that department. So looking at it right now, I still don't see them beating the Suns. Uh, beating the Denver Nuggets. I mean the Nuggets. They yeah, are the yeah. The Nuggets <laughs> have stability. They're the epitome of stability right now. The defending champs, and they can only get better. And we're not even looking at what they can add to make things even worse for people trying to strive for them in the Western Conference. But you know, only five players on that team, Phoenix, are under contract. So you said you know they got to fill up the roster. And um, isn't Atom maybe he gets traded and they get something for him? That's a possibility as well. That is a possibility. But then who's going to play your five? You know. I mean, you're trading him for something, and it depends on who that something is. And True. I don't know if you're not looking at a draft for a kind of guy like that, unless you look. You know, none of it makes sense to me in terms of what's in the draft right now because I don't think they have anything. It's not like the NFL where you can just move up to the first round because you gave valuable picks away. The NBA doesn't have those types of valuable picks. You know what I mean? Outside of the lottery, you know, it's kind of a crapshoot, and a lot of times the lottery is a crapshoot. So it's not like you can trade and get a sit in the first spot. When you're a guy picking in a dog on tw- late 20s, you know, so, you know, we'll see how Phoenix turns out with this. But on the surface right now, the way things are without all of the salary cap implications and whatnot and luxury taxes, they're at least formidable in the West. And if they can stay healthy, which I don't take for granted anymore after what happened in Brooklyn with that big three that never played together, you know, under 20 games together, you know, they're going to make some noise until you know, the wheels fall off or whatever, or other teams kind of get injured as well. I think man for man, they are just as good as Denver, man for man, on paper, but you have to play the games on the court. Right, and but we can't even say man for man because it stops after four or five guys for the Suns. So yeah. they can't even match up to, to the Nuggets roster. But, you know, they're, they're going to they're gonna fill up the scoreboard on a lot of nights. Yeah. But comes to the playoffs and you know after a couple team a couple games the opposing team has you figured out you know what's going to happen then when you have to defend when maybe all of your shots aren't going in like you're used to you know we'll see I, I right like I said right now I I still see the Nuggets as the favorite in the West oh yeah I still see them as the favorite I just think it's interesting to see this come together in Phoenix with these names I don't think this is even one of those cases of just names you know, typically you get some of these people that we know that had great careers, like even CP3. Let's talk about that fact of CP3 going where, because of course he's not going to end up in Washington. <clears throat> he may end up with the Clippers where he probably wanted to go years ago. Yeah, he's getting flipped. You know, I'm sure he would love to go to L.A., play with LeBron and A.D., 
We'll see if they can make that happen. I don't see the Wizards hanging out to him. What is no, the point? But looking just looking at KD, uh when are you gonna get it done, man? When are you gonna get it done? How much how much help exactly do you need? I mean, two of the greatest shooters. Um if you don't get it done this year, uh, I don't know what I mean, you still got ways to go before the season starts, but if 2024 doesn't end with the Suns hoisting the championship, KD's got a lot to answer for. Yeah, because he hasn't won yet without a superstar next to him. It's not even like the LeBron effect. At least LeBron went back to Cleveland and from where he came from. You know, Kyrie Irving was there, and he won a championship there, but it was still primarily him. Yeah, you can talk about what Kyrie did in Game 7, but it was still up to him. You know, people – he was the face of the franchise, and they won because of him. So he's not necessarily – I won by myself, or it wasn't mostly me. He, it was a lot of LeBron that year too, you know. And now with KD, as in my opinion, probably more talented than LeBron. You think? I mean, as a scorer, the guy's a guaranteed bucket his whole career so far. Oh, definitely. Just as as a shooter and and playmaking scorer, definitely. Yeah, I give the edge to KD. But I mean, if we're we're giving KD a hard time or you know holding him to a high level, wait till Barkley. Comes back on the air. <laughs> and that's the truth, man. But the bottom line is you got to deliver. You know what I mean? You got to hide behind other people. You have empty rings because you got them with Steph Curry. You got them on the Steph Curry's watch. Those are empty rings. They won without you. They won with you. Then they won again without you. You're still running around the NBA trying to win and haven't done it yet by yourself. Even though you had yeah, that. He just better be glad Clay got injured too, or they might have won it the year he got hurt with the team. Yeah, without him. So they could say they won two with him, and then they won the year he got hurt without him. That would have been crazy. Yep. So, Durant, along with John, you need to get it together because it's for different reasons, but people are going to remember. Zion, too. Zion, too. What's up? God. You know, I know there's going to be more Zion news out there, and it may not have anything to do with basketball. But still entertaining enough to talk about on here. As the NBA has made things entertaining this past weekend, we can go to one of the other news stories of the NBA, Draymond Green, a free agent for the Golden State Warriors. What's going to happen with Mr. Triple Single here? I don't know. Um, I haven't seen this podcast. I don't know what his thoughts thoughts are, uh, what he's thinking, what his intentions are. But I see that he earned $27 million last year. Yeah. Who is going to pay him $28 million per year to bring him to their team? Yeah, he's he's worked the wonders with Golden State, but is he a product of that system? Yeah, know, exactly. Put, put him on the Chicago Bulls. Well, he well, does play happened? defense. He, he brings what a lot of players don't bring to the NBA, which is defense in this day and age. Now, is he an older guy playing defense? Because we saw when Dennis Rodman was an older guy playing defense, he was still playing defense. Because he put all of his energy into defense. He wasn't even trying to do anything right. offensively. But Raymond Green isn't the same kind of guy. He's undersized. He's wide open for three, then he's shooting. Which Draymond sort of does now, too. But um, I just don't see him being as effective in, in most other teams' um, game. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of a team where he could do his thing. And I'm just not seeing it. Maybe if size with Phoenix, but he's not gonna he's not gonna get a max contract or a thirty million dollar year. Wants, 
he may fit in very well with those guys. He's got all those shooters he can pass to. But is he going to take a, a look, small contract? We already know when you turn down $27 million on your option, chances are you're not going, you're not looking for something so much further away from that, lower at least. You might want the same or more. You want a max contract, and I don't think there's a team out there. He's not that kind of player. He's that he's an older player. He hasn't been playing the same lately. And not only that, the things he does on the court, you know, that puts his team, well, in jeopardy. It compromises his team. He's done it in his career. Which team wants that problem? Yeah, I don't know. He, but he may have been, he may be doing uh, Mike Dunleavy Jr. a favor. Okay, you're going to leave, we'll resign uh, Jordan Poole because one of them had to go. Oh, and yeah. Draymond is going to go. Okay, well, we got Poole locked up. Let's move on from here. Exactly. I'm glad you mentioned that. Mike Dunleavy Jr., the new GM for the Golden State Warriors. He used to play there. He's the son of a coach. We know Mike Dunleavy is senior. I watched Mike Dunleavy throughout his college career at Duke. He was an excellent shooter, played in the NBA, played a few years there in Golden State, went to a couple of other teams. You know, he, he's been a scout. So it's not like, you know, I've, I've listened to what some people have said about Mike Dunleavy Jr. as if he just showed up on the scene and because of his name and his father, he got to where he's gotten. The guy had talent. He was a shooter and he's been around the NBA. So he knows some things and he probably knows the intricacies of being in the NBA, being a scout. He knows what talent is. You know, he had something to do with picking up players who were part of a championship. He may not be the main guy, but he's been, he knows how it's done or he has an idea of how right. it's done. And now, I mean, he, he has all eyes on him as the GM. And with this big move of Draymond Green moving on, him bringing in somebody or signing pool or whatever, and them getting back on the winning track, that's going to create the beginning of his legacy as a GM, owning and ownership of that team. Of course, you know, all the old dogs are going to eventually go. And if he's going to be there, he's going to, he's going to have to be able to hold part and hold the fort while he's there. But Mike Dunleavy, I think it was a good choice here. I don't know why people just automatically assume, assume that he's he's not worth the GM job when he's paid his dues. Yeah, I can't speak to that. I don't know uh, uh, much more than what you mentioned already about Mike Dunleavy. But people may be thinking, you know, the Warriors' job, the window's closing. Maybe they want someone with proven experience. But, you know, that that, that can be Warriors fans talking. Yeah. But um, while you were talking, another team I thought of, thought of he may fit in well with is Philly. Because, you know, they need a backbone. They need a dog on their team. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And he can get in there, do some things, maybe open up the floor. Not open up the floor, but uh, hit and beat in better spots on the floor. Yeah. Kick out Maxi, you know, kick out to, to Harris. Or, you know, I think that would be a good landing spot for him. Yeah, but does he bang around with those guys on the East? Because there's not a lot of banging going around in the West, or, you know, more of a finesse conference. You know, you deal with the people on the East and – you know, they're going to bang you up. And he's been showing some injuries as of late, too. And it's because of age and style of play. You know, it may be compounded even more going against the teams from the East, which tend to play a little bit more defense. The Celtics play defense. We know the Heat. We just saw them playing defense. And Philadelphia plays defense of their own, you know, being on that team. So we'll get to see what Draymond Green is going to end up doing. And, hey, well, we only know when this is over, and we'll get a chance to talk about other things in the but NBA. What as if he goes to Memphis? I thought about that initially. I was like, well, boy, that's a mess, man. I just thought I just, just said it was a mess. I, I didn't even bother even touching it, like you know, bringing it out vocally and saying, 
Memphis by I don't see I don't see him fitting in, but he talked about joining the enemy. You talk about the halftime show inside the locker room will be better than the one outside. So <laughs> I don't know, man. These guys, I don't know, man. These, how does his personality mesh inside the locker room, let alone just doing things on the court? In the locker room is extremely important. I never really knew the importance of complete locker room, you know, continuity and harmony until I started covering locker rooms and seeing and feeling the tension when things are really going down. So yeah, it, and, and this is you never know. If he signs with Memphis, I, I don't see it working out. But you know, when when Trey, Trey Clay flashes four, Draymond can say, "Hey, I got four too." Now you know yeah. it don't it don't work so much anymore. <laughs> well, you know, the, I'm just saying, man. I, you know, well, as a player, look. Do you think he's a Hall of Famer? I know that's even more of an argument. Is Draymond Green a Hall of Famer as it stands right now? All of this defense he's played, it means something. He's had four rings. It's not like Robert Ory's rings because Robert Ory was more of a situational player, big <laughs> shot Bob at the last second. So we can that live with him not having rings. Shot, if he but missed his shot, if Ori missed his shots, he wouldn't have as many rings. And that's he true. He was literally responsible for those freaking rings. I mean, his shot led to the ring, you know what I mean? But at the right moment, because the other 38 minutes of the game, he's just chilling. <laughs> so, hey, you yeah, need to get I, that goal. If Draymond retired today, I'd be hard-pressed to, to say he's a Hall of Famer. But, you know, let's see if he plays four or five, six more years. He, he has more work to do, in my opinion. If he goes to another team and they go to the finals and he has a greater impact than yeah. you or I or anyone expects, okay, well, maybe. Maybe he's just not a numbers guy, but, you know, he makes big plays. He plays tough defense and he brings the right mentality. And then how, how could you keep him up? That's true. So, once again, we're the Sports Back Bros Podcast. We're in episode number 12. I'm Trav. He's biased. We're bringing the conversation to sports to you. From Monday through Friday, four days a week, we're trying to get this conversation done to you. And if you wanted to follow us, if you're watching us right now, you should know this is YouTube. If you're on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. Also, more importantly, like the channel. Give us a like. That helps get this information to everybody out there. Like and subscribe to the channel. Subscribe, like to the channel. It gets all of the information out there via the algorithm so more people can come into the conversation and we can have this conversation with more people. In addition to that, we're on Spotify. So if you have Spotify, go check it out. We're on there as well. Long trip, short trip, long workout, no workout. We are there. We're also on Apple. We're in iHeart. We're on Google and Facebook. We're on Google Podcast. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're now everywhere. So there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to join the conversation with sports with bias and I. This being the dirty dozen of all the broadcasts we've done so far. Number 12. And with that, a lot of we're talking about a lot of things that happened this past weekend in sports. As you would expect, we're reviewing the past weekend with so many things happening. We started off with John Morant. We talked about a lot of NBA, which we thought we were done with, but with the draft coming up and other things happening, trades, etc. We talked about it. They're filling up the space for us till we get to the draft. So thank oh, exactly. you. Exactly. Um, and the draft is going to be something to talk about because you know you're hearing grumblings, Michael Jordan selling his portion of the ownership of you know the Charlotte Hornets, you know, and Jordan's history of not being a good GM and now maybe even owner because he may have some influence of the GM when it comes to the Charlotte. Well, we're out of the NBA now because there's other sports that have been going on over the weekend, and part of that is football. Ray Lewis's son, 
Ray Lewis, the great linebacker from the Baltimore Ravens, played with the University of Miami, yada, yada. We already know that. Phenomenal middle linebacker. His son, Ray Lewis III, passed away last week. And uh, I knew about it last week, but I didn't want to bring it up because we didn't know how he passed away. And I didn't want to speculate. And now we find out that it was an overdose. He had passed away from an overdose at 28 years old, former cornerback there at the University of Miami, went to um, Carolina, uh, Coastal Carolina afterwards and ended his college career at Virginia Union, which is an HBCU. And obviously things didn't go the way he wanted to football-wise, but he did get a chance to play. The young man at 28 years old passed away from an overdose, you know, opioid addiction, wherever it might have been. Either way, he's gone because of it. And I want to express my condolences the same way I did last week when we talked about high school players dying, you know, before they even got to college. It's We're living in a crazy world, but this information age allows us to see it right away rather than it getting shoved under the carpet. Yeah, it's a sad situation. As you mentioned, you know, condolences to the Lewis family, um, to Ray Lewis III Jr.'s friends and fans, you yeah. know, sad situation. That's yeah. about all. Yeah, I'm a Canes fan, so I followed this kid when he first came. You know, I kind of knew what kind of player he was. I knew he wasn't like his father, but a lot of these legacy players, they aren't like their parents. So when they come, they get a lot of adulation, but we know the talent isn't exactly there. The talent that made us. Big shoes to we, we didn't, huh? Big shoes to fill. Yeah, Ray Lewis. <laughs> if you're Ray, bro, I mean, if you're not Ray Lewis, you probably have big shoes to fill outside of that. You know what I mean? He's, um, even Al Blades, you know, his son. Uh, Al Blades, his son um, played for the University of Miami or played for the University of Miami. And he didn't live up to expectations. But, you know, what would you have expected? I mean, the Blaze family already is like Miami royalty. He just yeah. wasn't that kind of a player, his son. But anyways, um, we just wanted to touch on that with Ray Lewis III passing away. And with the NFL talk still going right now, Stefan Diggs. Now some things are starting to come out into the open of why he played that little charade last week of coming, letting us see him, getting his physical, then leaving again, then coming back. But now he's talking about not being used and he's not comfortable or happy about how he's being used in the offense. <sighs> Going into a season where they may have an opportunity again at a Super Bowl in a more difficult AFC East, he's coming up with this. They have bigger problems in the AFC East to worry about. He's worrying about still getting more passes, and he had over 100 last season. 108 catches, 154 targets, 1,400-plus receiving yards, 11 touchdowns. I mean, how much more focus does he want? Unbelievable. I, I think for for whatever reason, he's upset about the playoff game. Only had four catches. Uh, maybe he didn't get enough targets. I don't know. But they lost and he stormed out. Maybe he's just – he wants out of Buffalo. And this is – he's going to be a malcontent. And this is a way to get his way out of Buffalo. But he has big money already. You know, he's under contract until, I believe, 2025 or somewhere around it, 2027. What I mean, I just don't see it. You have your offensive coordinator who could have gone on to become a head coach last season. Ken Dorsey is still there. He's one of the top offensive coordinators in all of football. You have one of the top quarterbacks in all of football. If I'm Dalvin Cook now, that kind of goes back to that. I don't want to go to Buffalo because now you're going to have probably, you know, you're going to get the ball more yourself. You want the ball. That's what Dalvin wants. And Stephon Diggs is tripping about a football, which he gets a whole lot of right now. You know, like he's the only guy in the team. You know, I wouldn't go up there into that mess, but he just, 
hurting a team earlier with training camp coming next month, people speculating whether he's going to show up now. Well, he's going to get fined if he doesn't, but you don't need any of that around your camp right now when you have a real possibility of going to the Super Bowl. Right. As you mentioned, you know, they have Super Bowl aspirations. They have the talent to get there. They have, they have the talent to win it. And him doing this, he, he has to be doing it deliberately. And why would he be doing it? I think he wants out of Buffalo. That's clear to me. You know, if, if he wants to win the Super Bowl and, you know, maybe the game ended on a bad note, let's see how let's see how this season goes. But to storm out the first day of mandatory camp? Yep. No, man, he he's he's trying to sabotage their season. He wants yeah. out. Don't go through the media or do things you know the media is going to pick up on and make a big issue out of a team if the issue is really not there. Now, it leads me to believe there may be something else behind the scenes. I mean, what else is there going to be? He's getting the money he probably he wanted. They gave him that extension. They He has the offensive coordinator that's still there, so the continuity is there. You have one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, I mean, arguably. And you have a perfect situation where you can thrive in. You already know the system. Don't have to get to know a new system. And it should just be a continuation from last year's spectacular season, not the 1,500 yards that you maxed out at when you first got there. But it's still, come on, an extra game. Everyone's getting used to 17 games. If you're a stat hound, you're going to see those stats get bigger. And now because of this, they're going to force the ball to you more because typically typically that's what happens. They try to appease you, so they throw more to you, even to the judgment of the team sometimes. You know, players yeah. like this, man. I mean, come on, man. And he's an excellent player. No, I don't think he's an Antonio Brown mental case because I believe that's a mental case right there. I think he's just something behind the scenes. It's more than just I'm not getting the ball. He wants a say from what I understand, a say in the plays being called. Bro, you're not the offensive coordinator. <laughs> come on. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> like like you, you mentioned, there's something that's not being shared with us. It's got to you know, be something in their locker room or it may even just be something with Diggs, something he perceived or something that actually did happen that rubbed him the wrong way whatever it is he, he the Buffalo Bills are not getting off to a good start this offseason nah. you know, I, I like to see a nice fresh football season when teams are at their best have their best players you know you don't hope the injuries come but that's part of the game but this is not even an injury. And then the worst thing about it, a player like this, a lot of times they go into the regular season or even preseason and get some type of injury, a hamstring that nags them throughout the entire year. So everyone else comes down on them, especially Buffalo fans will come down on them, making things worse than what they are. I just hope they can just get this thing together, win it fair and square if they're going to win it at all, compete fair and square if they're going to compete at all, and have some type of harmony. I don't need happily ever after, just harmony. <laughs> yeah, and, and you mentioned – uh, Josh Allen may be the best quarterback in the league. Yes. You said, arguably. Um, so with that in mind, did you see John Morant's Twitter reply to Jamar Chase? No, I hadn't. So they got their rings, right? And he put them both on, and he took a picture like this saying, that's who, with the rings on both fingers. <laughs> and that's all he said was, that's who. Like, letting you know. This is who Pat is. You want to say Pat who? So, you know, he took a receipt. So we'll see. Yeah. But Bengals won three out of the last four against the Chiefs. So, But when it matters, they just don't get it done. I don't <laughs> know. I mean, it's unbelievable how you just have the Two is more than zeros. So, hey. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't poke the bear, but, you know, that was a, a 
a clever little response, you know, it just letting them know, hey, yeah, I heard, and I'm showing you who I am. Yep. And hey, hey hardware shows who you me. are. You're gonna have to see me. And they will. I mean, those teams are too good not to see each other and not have something to say about what's going to happen with the playoffs and even the, the Super Bowl picture. I mean, they're going to meet up unless there's something catastrophic that happens, such as injuries. But nevertheless, you know, Buffalo's having their issues. I like the way things are brewing in Kansas City and Cincinnati. You got a little triumvirate of teams that are the top teams in the AFC until someone proves otherwise and able to join their reindeer games. But until then, hey, we have what we have, Kansas City at the top. Buffalo chomping at the bit with a little chihuahua complaining on the outside. Hopefully it gets settled before the season happens. And finally, that brings us to one of our little topics that's not necessarily a topic, but something to mention. Bryce Young in Carolina looking as professional as possible. Of course, in shorts and pads, nothing without pads, shorts and shoulder pads and a helmet. But as far as the command of the offense, they're, think, they're thinking that he's that guy. They know they made the best pick they could possibly make as the number one pick overall. With all of the measurables not being what they – would like the six foot plus guy, the two hundred plus guy, guy five eleven perhaps, and all that stuff. But they're impressed by him every step of the way, and he's playing the role of hey, you know, a lot like um, uh, um, what was his name? God, how my blow up um, hurts up there in Philadelphia. You know, the, the calm demeanor that just people gravitate to. Well, we have to be careful with you know words that come out of coaches' mouths. No, no coach is going to say, oh, man, our number one pick didn't look good today. <laughs> but you know, yeah, that's true. So as you mentioned, there are shorts and shoulder pads. You know, let's wait till, till there's real contact. There's another, <laughs> there's a, a, an opposing team across the line of scrimmage. Yeah. But you know that's, what? That's when I, the rubber grew. I can believe the poise part. Because I remember him coming out of high school. I thought he was just another hype job coming from California. I thought he was one of these running quarterbacks that just throw the ball on occasion, and he fooled the hell out of me. I went to his first start up there in Atlanta when they played the Miami Hurricanes, and he just embarrassed him with Jamison Williams and his poise with that Miami attack coming around him, or lack thereof. And he just sat there and picked him apart, and he subsequently had done it in other games, gotten himself a Heisman in his sophomore year. he done a lot of it in his junior year. And the injuries is what kept him from being consistent, but he was still out there doing the same things, the same confidence, the same poise, making the right decisions. And he was definitively the difference between wins and losses. You know, without him, there's just an absolute loss. And with him, you had every chance to win, and you usually did with him. You know, the defense is what kind of done Alabama in last year, giving up a whole bunch of points and yards. But mm -hmm. Bryce Young, I'm, I'm looking for some – I'm actually looking forward to seeing him play this year, kind of the same way I looked at Deshaun uh, Watson coming out of Clemson, the same kind of laid back demeanor. Now, hopefully he doesn't have the off the field issues as Deshaun Watson, but I still hope for the happy ending for his NFL career. But um, nevertheless, another rookie quarterback, the, the book is big and the odds are stacked to get you to have a phenomenal year. <laughs> Just a progressively good year as you move along. And um, yeah, well, hopefully he gets some protection and, you know, his poise doesn't, doesn't get tested because, it's one thing to remain calm and, and keep your poise when you're clean and standing upright. Yeah. Let's see what happens after you get sacked six times in one game. <laughs> and that can happen. We saw that four, across the net. You know, they you know, they start you start to hear footsteps. These yeah. kind of so you have to show them proof. Well, we saw that at David Cross' career, you know, when he went to Houston and it was like a turnstile of offensive linemen, people just banging him up and kind of knocked his confidence out. I think he had more talent than he was able to show 
but he wasn't able to show it because of every pass rush has had their way with him. So, I mean, that <laughs> happens in the NFL. These guys are bro, these are the best. Some of the top athletes have their weight to, you know, to play in any sport. So um, that closes the door in the NFL right now and gets us right into the box as time is winding down. A big week of boxing just passes by, and Regis Progre fought Danielito Zarello in a pretty boring match. I didn't get a chance to watch it. You watched it. You was messaging me early on, like, yo, bro, this guy's sticking up the joint. And then the consensus came out after the fight. He stuck up the joint. <laughs> yeah, so it looked like they were both counter punches, punchers. They're they're waiting on each other to open up, and neither one did. Um, the frustrating thing was it looked like Pro Gray got knocked down in the first round. The referee didn't call it a knockdown. And in the third round, Pro Gray knocked him down. They called it a knockdown. But it didn't really matter on the scorecards. You know, the, the scores were wide. And when I heard the scores, I'm like, I, they could be right. They could be wrong. I don't know. I, I, I was so disinterested watching it. I'm, I was asking myself, why are you still watching? I'm like, what's the ninth round? Maybe it'll heat up. You know, three rounds later, like, wow, I just wasted an hour of my time. Boxing does that to us. You know, it's like those... If it was a, a status on Facebook, it would be complicated. It's complicated. Our relationship <laughs> boxing is complicated because we stick around with this. We're like the, the abused wife that just can't leave her husband. We love him too much to leave him. And we take the abuse and we think it's going to get better. And boxing continues to do this to us, at least sometimes. Because ultimately, you know, he wins the fight and it just brings back last week when he was talking. He was actually commenting during um T.O.'s fight. And, you know, and against Josh Taylor, and he was making comments about, well, he's losing, he's losing. Then he's like, oh, he's picking it up, this and that. Man, you need to worry about your own fight, man. And now you come and give us this kind of an egg, and you're still calling guys out and acting like you're supposed to be a top-tier guy, which I believe he is. I don't think he's the top of the top, but he's a formidable guy. But um, yeah. against the top guys, man, I think he loses. And after this last performance, yeah. the way it sounds. He just did. He didn't do any favors for himself, you know, as far as to market himself for a big fight. No. Nah. You know, if Anybody's watching, they'd be like, oh, why would I want to watch this guy again? Well, guess who did market themselves and get themselves an opportunity at the big fight? People yeah. clamoring. Tim Jew. Yes, sir. Tim Jew with a knocks out Carlo El Campo in the first round. He brutalized him. I wasn't expecting that because Carlos is a little, you know, he's one of those, he's, you know, he perseveres. He's a real resilient fighter, but he did fight 147. This is at 154. He gets blasted. I mean, I wasn't expecting this for Tim Zhu because he's not that kind of guy. He wears you down, but he doesn't know he goes after you like a savage in the first round. And this is what happened. I could catch that fight. That was a highlight. Yeah, it was reminiscent of his dad. Oh, his dad. <clears throat> yeah, he, he put all 154 pounders on notice Saturday night. Yeah. That was, that was a, a, an impressive knockout and a good victory for him. Now, Jamel Charlo at 154 was looking to fight him. Is he so anxious to continue fighting him now because – you know, I know these. You know, I used to think poorly about these Charles man, but they've proven themselves when they've gotten into the ring. But man, they don't fight frequently enough. They're like the Gary Russells of boxing. They don't fight. But I, I think that now, it, I thought it'd be an easier fight against Shu, but not anymore, man. Shu, the last two fights, especially the Tony Harrison fight, th this guy can fight and he can adapt, and he's just not one dimensional like they thought he was. Yeah, I, I think maybe the time is now because. How much, how hotter can Tim Zhu get? You know, strike, strike the uh, iron now. Yeah, but I'm talent wise, I think he's in it to win it. 
I think this guy can really, you know what, I kind of underestimated him because like a lot of legacy fighters, you look at their fathers, you're like, you know what, they're getting pushed because of their fathers. But the more I watch him, he's showing real improvement. And they're improving the competition, and he's going through it. This last one, I was expecting a lot more and got a whole lot less, but still got more because you got to see this guy, he has that beast in him like his father. But his father had you hurt. That was game over. Add Zab Judah. But um, still, I mean, okay. he is, his father was something else, and now he's turning out to be not just a pretty face, a pretty name. This guy can get out there now. Does he fight at home all the time and give you this result, or does he take that fight on the road if he has a chance to go to Vegas? Yeah, that remains to be seen. But like I said, if if uh, if you're Charlo, maybe now's the time to to take him. You know, before he gets on the real run and continues to improve. You know, let's let's take care of this kid now. Yeah, you know, you know. As infrequently as he fights, man, that might be a good idea. But it will be a good fight because he will come to fight. You know both guys are going to come to fight. I don't think there's going to be too much of a filling out process because of their styles. But nevertheless, I think that's going to bring us to an end of this show. And, of course, we did have some things to talk about baseball-wise, but we can certainly get into that tomorrow because we do have a show four days a week, as I said in the beginning of the show. Monday through Thursday is where we're going to try to have the conversation with you on the Sports Bad Bros podcast. Tomorrow's episode 13. Today's 12, obviously. We got through a litany of sports, and we'll do a lot of the same tomorrow. I'm Trav. He's biased. And thank you for joining us on this. See you tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, post-weekend, Sports Bad Bros podcast.